The following is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on anything being discussed, consult your medical doctor. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. You can call right now, 919-860-9783. Dr. Weefald in the house, Dave Alexander. here here. waiting patiently for the patients to fill the waiting room. Exactly, at 919-860-9783. Odd thing is that we've talked about this, that this show is really not about filling up your own real-life no, Non-radio my waiting room. room is full. So, this—you have a passion for people's health. Yeah, you know, I just it. get a kick out. Well, you know, I love to talk. Okay. And I figure if I'm going to open my mouth and yak, I might as well do something useful. You know, some yeah. people, you know, they put together old cars or they play golf, which yeah. I do. But this, to me, is a passion. You know, it's fun. On today's show, Latino miscarriages—who to blame? Well, of course you know who to blame. Uh, fake medical news has crept into... Metastasized. Okay, there's the medical term. F- f- fake news has metastasized into fake medical news. Also, autism on the show. And Katy Perry is doing this one thing. She is doing this one thing every day. And, oddly enough, I don't think we want you to do it. Just because Katy Perry is doing it. Also, this song, you know what it's about here. We have some high temperatures right now. It's 97, real feel 109. We're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. The temperature's rising, it isn't surprising. She certainly can. As everybody remembers, Dr. Weefault has the most creative way to cool someone down yeah i mean that's ella fitzgerald by the way one yeah. of my dad's favorite singers the reason why i picked that song what's that is i used to grow up and he used to whenever it was hot you know even before we were all dying from global warming we yeah. did have heat waves yeah and he would like to sing that song she's wonderful got a wonderful voice very good singer. well anyway the point is this is a very dangerous time for everyone mm-hmm. not just the elderly um when you have a heat index of 115 to mm-hmm. 120, and that's a combination of the temperature and the humidity. And the reason why the humidity is important is because when the air is already saturated with water, right. the natural cooling process, which is sweating, won't help you. Yeah. So you'll sweat, and the way that sweating cools you down is it takes the energy off your body by evaporation. Yeah. So what you gotta do is what I've always been saying, put that cold can or bottle on your neck, and the reason why is the carotid artery, the jugular vein, you're cooling your blood, and you wanna do it before you get hot. Now, the other thing you can do um, is wear a cooling towel, and Uh you say, what's that? Go to Walmart, ask the greeter, my favorite people at Walmart, the greeters, say, where do I get the cooling towel? And better go quick, because they're gonna run out. And this is a microfiber towel that you soak with just plain water. And in the back of your neck are two arteries called the vertebral arteries. They're smaller, 
but they can be cooled off. And so the water stays about a temperature of 75, 80 degrees, and that's lower than 98.6. And if you wear that when you're outside, you will stay cooler. But the nice thing to do is take that can, take that bottle, put it on your neck for 10 seconds, alternate necks, and you can tell when you're cool. Yeah. You'll feel better. And when it starts to warm, you pop it open to drink it. Right. Yeah. Well, you do, I mean, you, I mean, you don't want to drink it. warm. So, uh, one more thing yeah. is you do need to rehydrate. And because you when you sweat, uh, but I'm saying don't sweat. Cool yourself off before you start to sweat. But you won't cool off by drinking cold water. Okay, that doesn't do it. Pouring water on your head is a temporary thing because the skull will prevent that coolness from getting to the blood. Yeah. And you do have to drink in order to rehydrate, but you don't have to drink Gatorade. Plain old water will do it. You don't have to go out and buy that stuff. Jesse and Raleigh, thank you very much. Do you have a question about the temperature or how to stay cool? Uh, no, I was mainly asking about your heart itself. Yeah, sure. Well, we're a heart we're heart specialists. He oh, is. Okay. I'm not. But go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my son-in-law just uh, was had some heart surgery, triple bypass. Oh wow! And he did not actually have a heart attack. Good. Luckily, they caught the blockages before the actual heart attack. That's always he good. Got, he just got lucky. Um, he had an aortic aneurysm, or but they did not have to. It didn't burst on him. My question is, if he just didn't happen to get lucky and have that found, is there a way to find that out without – he just happened to be in there and they did a catheterization because he was feeling tired and pressure on his chest without having a heart attack? Right. How would you go from preventative maintenance kind of to find that out? Well, that's a very good question. Most of my – practice is coronary artery disease because that is the most prevalent form of heart disease. And that's when cholesterol, because of many factors, um, builds up in the arteries that feed blood to your heart called the coronary arteries. Now, the problem for most people is that they don't recognize the symptoms. So the biggest problem for women is that their symptoms are different. And the biggest problem for men is that they don't believe that they're vulnerable. So you can get short of breath and tired. You feel like you're getting old. You feel like you're having indigestion. The discomfort in your chest can also be in your epigastrium or right there where your stomach is. And it's very difficult for people to come to the conclusion that they need to see their doctor. Now, you don't have to have the classic risk factors. You know, most people will not necessarily have a high cholesterol level. They won't necessarily be smokers. They won't necessarily be of of a high age. Um, I've had, the youngest I've had needing coronary bypass surgery is 22 years old. And you have to keep what's called the index of suspicion. But if you are feeling more tired, if you're having some discomfort, if you're nauseated at times when you really shouldn't be nauseated, shortness of breath, sweatiness, those are things that alert you to get checked out. Now, if you are above the age of 70 and you do have a high cholesterol, you're a smoker, you have diabetes and high blood pressure, then you and your doctor, he or she, should be on the lookout and should be doing what's called preventive maintenance. And that's really going to your doctor and having him or her quiz you. All right, can you do as much exercise as you did before? I had a patient just last week He said, I'm fine, doc. I'm fine. And the wife, thank God she was there, said, well, then why were you huffing and puffing at the top of the stairs the other day? 
Yeah. You know, it's little subtle things. Well, he wound up having bypass surgery. And, you know, the good news is it was your son-in-law, right? Well, he, yeah. he had good doctors. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't take the heart. I mean, you do take the heart seriously. And the nice thing is we have a lot of tools, the ultrasound, the treadmill test, um, the stress test. But let me tell you the most important um, part of our medical armamentarium is just talking to the patient. I mean, I had a guy at Johns Hopkins named Phil Tumulty. He was one of the best clinicians ever. And he said, look, if you want to know what's wrong to the patient, just ask them. But you have to ask in a way that just sort of drags it out of people. And you have to look them in the eye. You can always tell when there's something wrong. Like I can look at Davy baby right now yeah. and see that he's about to smile. I, you know, the point is, is <laughs> that uh, having a good doctor who has the time and is not looking at the computer yeah. and is not worried about getting out of that room for the next visit because he has to create his own chart and all that stuff is going to be really helpful. And, you know, getting the diagnosis of three blockages and, and in your heart and having to have bypass surgery early, because once you've had the heart attack, you've had permanent damage to your heart. And there can be electrical problems, so the electricity doesn't flow right. There can be pumping, physical problems. The heart just doesn't pump strong enough anymore. So it's always good to wind up. Well, it's never good to need bypass surgery. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what, right. can, you know, what can you do? I mean, genetics is probably the most important part. But you can prevent that. You can exercise. You can get your cholesterol under control. You can stay away from potato chips and anything made from white flour, sugar. And you can not smoke. I mean, you know, clearly that's something you can control. And if you have diabetes, you can get it under control through your diet and your medications. And then blood pressure. Now, the thing that I think people don't do enough is exercise. And, you know, the reason I think is because they, they get, they get uh, uh, brainwashed mm -hmm. into thinking you have to be in these tights with these $200 shoes, sweating yep. your guts out. Yep. You know, you don't. You just have to walk. Take a walk. 30 minutes brisk walk four times a week is enough exercise to help prevent heart disease. Jesse, thanks a lot. Did that answer hey, your question? Is he doing good now? Is he out of the hospital? Yes, sir. Yeah. Is he going to do yes. cardiac rehab? Yes. That is essential. And let me tell you why. Number one, it teaches you how to eat. It teaches you how to exercise. Mm -hmm. But number two, you want to know something that really does? It gets you in with a bunch of people who've been through what you've been through. And you see that they're doing well, so therefore you're going to do well. You can yuck it up with the guys and gals. You can have a good time. It's a support group. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that's probably the second most important reason to do cardiac rehab is the support you get and the concept that, wow, I just had my heart operated on. And right. look at all these people. They're doing well. Right. I can do well, too. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hey, have call us again. Time. It was great talking with you. All right. Thank you, Jesse. Lee from Chapel Hill, we're going to pick up with you in just a moment also. Talk about an autism study and a piece of news that you know, it was on CNN, but it was also tied to, I think, Johns Hopkins or no, no, JAMA, Journal of the American. Journal of the American Medical 
Association. So you almost want to take it seriously. Except oh, my God. But there are at least two people in this studio who say no. Fake you news. Shouldn't. It's fake news. That's coming up. 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. Where the telephone number is 919-860-9783, and Lee knows it. He called in. How you doing, Lee? Okay, Dave. First of all, uh, we still want you back on the Triangle Trader. Oh, you're so nice. Sunday Thank at you. 12 o'clock. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Weevo. Yes, sir. Um, my cardiologist, a cardiologist has me on um, spironolactone Lasix, and nine days ago, my Coreg ran out, and I had been having trouble getting a hold of him. All right, hold on, Lee. What is the name of the medicine that ran out? Coreg uh, uh, um, yeah. for high blood pressure. Sure. Do you have a weak heart, too? Yeah, I've been told by a doctor. Yeah. Congestive heart, heart failure, yeah. So you're uh, out of the Carvedilol. It's real important you get a hold of somebody and get that medicine back on you. That's okay, the type of medicine. Say, yeah. What I was going to say is, I've been checking my blood pressure ever since then, and it's good. It's okay. been around 120 over 80, 125 over 83. Uh-huh. Today I donated blood, and it was 134 over 82. Sure. Well, the reason why you don't want to, yeah, the reason why you don't want to go without it is it's beta blocker. Now, what does that mean? It blocks the effect of adrenaline or epinephrine, so your heart can stay stronger. I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you speak up? Yeah, please? go ahead. It blocks the effect of epinephrine, which is a stress hormone, and that helps your heart stay calm and not race. But the problem is, is that once you go without the medicine, there are some people who can have a, a hyperreactive uh, problem, and their blood pressure can shoot up. Yeah. It may not take a couple; it may take a couple days. But it's very important that you try to get a hold of your doctor and get that refilled as soon as possible. I don't know why I can't hear you. I'm having trouble hearing you. Yeah, you've got to get that medicine. Yeah. It's the bottom line. Now, have you called the office and left a message? Uh, yes. Okay. And also the the drugstore that I um that I picked Okay. My well, here's something. Up, they called the doctor. Yeah, here's what I want you to do. Okay? And this is legal. And again, I'm not going to prescribe it for you. But what you can tell your pharmacist is that you want a 3-day emergency supply. Yep. And they can give that to you. Tell them that you know that it's dangerous to go without this medicine abruptly. And so they will, if you call the pharmacist and say, hey, I heard that you can give me a three-day emergency supply, they will borrow that out of your next prescription. So you'll get 27 days when you finally get it filled. But I strongly urge you to call the pharmacy, tell them that you're concerned, you're out of your beta blocker, and you can't get a hold of your doctor, and ask them if they will give you a three-day emergency supply. I mean, you've been prescribed it, so it's not like you're asking for a medicine you haven't had. Get yourself a three-day emergency supply so that you can uh, avoid this, this problem of going abruptly without your medicine. Of course, Saturday, just today, Saturday, Sunday, tomorrow, I'd have to do that Monday, so. Yeah, but no, if, it, okay. it, yeah, but that's what you do. Lee, thank you. Okay. And you have thank a great you. day. God bless you. Thank you. 
I have had that circumstance where... Have you been able to get a three-day supply? Yeah, it, and it's not necessarily that medicine, but it's something else that's well, serious enough, and I let, care. Let me tell you another medicine. Yeah. Anybody who's on an SSRI, that's uh, like Zoloft or Lexapro, these are the crazy pills that really help people. <laughs> you can't abruptly stop those either. Right, okay? right, right. I mean... It, it it's an awful feeling. Have you ever seen a digital TV that suddenly breaks into squares? Yeah. That's what happens. I know this from personal experience. I ran out of my medicine, and I went without it for two days. I thought I was going to go, you know, just bonkers, because your brain suddenly just shifts. And so the beta blockers yeah. don't run out. And if you do and you can't get a hold of your doctor like Lee, ask for a three-day emergency supply. And wow. I've done that with my medicine that I've run out of, and it works. We have a couple of minutes to talk between now and the news, and now and the next time somebody calls in, um, Latino miscarriages oh are God. up. How much? I mean, is it a well, no, small see, what, amount? What this re- and this is a Johns Hopkins researcher. Yeah. Okay, so I'm particularly upset because this institution that I trained in knows the difference between science and fake news. Okay. And so what this researcher did was say, oh, wait a minute. It was 3.2% the rate of miscarriages among Latina women in the United States before 2016. Well, now it's crept up to 3.6%. And so what's the reason? Yeah. Trump. And it's obviously Trump. And this is her twisted logic that stress can cause a higher incidence of miscarriage. All right. Donald Trump was elected and people are stressed out. Some people are stressed out about it. Sure. Therefore, Donald Trump is causing Latina women to miscarry. Now, think of how crazy that is. There's no causal relationship. What else happened? 2018, who got elected? AOC, Alexandria Ortega-Cortez. Yeah. Okay? So. Why can't her? She be the reason, right? She's causing me stress. And my hair's falling out. So can I call at her upper office and say, will you please send me some Rogaine? I mean, it's ridiculous. But aren't most statistics sort of fluid? This is not a 4%. This is 0.4% change. And and so uh, even if you agree that it is true, the rate of miscarriages has gone up, it is completely and totally ridiculous to call it science, yeah. when just out of the blue you say, oh, it's caused by stress, Trump is stressing people out, therefore, Trump is causing the miscarriages. And this is why people don't mm. believe in medical science anymore, because this is coming out of Johns Hopkins, right. it's in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and it's politicized, and it's just wrong. It's like, we have time? I would yeah. talk about jewels, you know. The, yeah, the, go ahead. The, let me tell you, I, I think jewels are great. J-U-U-L. It's a, it's a vapor nicotine delivery system. Yeah. What's bad for you is the smoke, the brown stuff, because it contains the chemicals that can cause cancer and constrict your arteries. So here's a study that jewels cause cancer, okay? Okay. What was the study? They looked at cancer rates in people who don't smoke jewels, yeah, and cancer rates in people who do. Well, guess what? The cancer rates were higher in people who smoke jewels. Well, you'd expect that. 
mm-hmm. because the vast, not the vast majority, but a majority or a large number of people mm-hmm. who are using the Juul now used to smoke. And they're trying to get off cigarettes by using a Juul. Now, there are problems with Juuls. I don't think that, that the kids should be having easy access to it. It's a right. problem. Right. But I'd rather have them smoke a Juul than smoke marijuana. Okay, that's, I'm going to say this now, and I yeah. might get in trouble with yeah, the go ahead. powers that be. Go ahead. But it's not true. There, the, you know, what you're going to read and what you're going to hear on the radio is that Juuls cause cancer because of this study. Another example of fake news and that's metastasized into the medical community. And I'd much rather have a patient get a jewel, get a vapor cigarette, because the vapor contains nicotine. Nicotine does not cause cancer. Nicotine is a is a psychiatric drug. It is. Yeah. It's self-medication yeah. for anxiety. And I'd much rather have somebody you know, toke on a jewel is what these kids say. Yeah. Or vape. They call it vaping now. Yeah. Do yeah. that. Don't smoke cigarettes, but vape. And be assured there's no scientific evidence yeah. that vaping causes cancer. And when the character's in the car ahead of you, and it looks like their entire car is blown up with steam. Oh, yeah. They're vaping. Vaping. He's the vaping guy. <laughs> he's the vaping guy. Listen, and he's right I, ahead I have of me. vaped, and I can tell you right now. Yeah. Okay. It is not the same as smoking. Okay. You can tell from my voice today. Yeah. The problem is that you get this fake news and you believe it because it comes from Johns Hopkins. Yeah. It comes from the radio. I mean, you can believe everything that Dave and Frank say, right? Absolutely not. So just start to think because something is going on and it happened after something else, there is no belief in a causal connection. And it's sad. We're going to talk about autism next. The unusual thing that Katy Perry is doing every single day, which if you you know your medical history, it has to do with Kellogg. (laughs) Yeah, he knows. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Cornflakes. And and we're also going to talk to Stephen Apex, who's been holding on, and I'm grateful for that. Also, men's medical mistakes, things men might be doing that put themselves at risk. Today on Heart Health, uh, call us up at 919-860-9783. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. The waiting room has two people in it, so let's go ahead. Let's do the waiting let's room. Pick up, pick up with Steve in Apex. Steve, Steve in Apex. He wants to talk about the Widowmaker. Hello. Yeah. How are you? Hello. Steve, we've talked hey. about the Widowmaker on the show before. Had you heard earlier conversations about it? I, I'm, no, I, I really didn't even know. I mean, oh. I, I'm, I'm, I don't smoke. Yeah. Uh, I'm... I'm a thin man. Yes. Yeah, I weigh 135 pounds when I'm wet. Have you been diagnosed as having blockage in what is? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they tried to put a stent in. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah, but when they when they went in, they said we can't do it. They said it's too dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Because of what, because of the location. Yeah. It probably. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Do you have a family history? Is anybody in your family, mother, father, sister, brother? Oh, yeah. 
Well, see, that's the thing that people don't realize. Mother, father. Yeah. Uh, that's your risk. Both grandparents, all yeah. of them died of heart disease. Well, you're lucky because with all the grace of God, you're not going to. For the listeners out there, the widow maker, quote unquote, is the blockage of cholesterol in the right. proximal portion. That means the, the portion closest to where the blood comes out of the aorta. And that's in the left anterior descending artery. So it exactly. comes down the front part yeah. of the heart. And it, See, it's, here's the weird thing. Let me let me tell you. Yeah, go ahead. The weird thing. Um, I love barbecue. So do I. Uh, you know, yeah. I will. Li- <laughs> yeah, I will. To the day I die. Good. I will eat barbecue. Good. That's and not the important I thing. I simply do that. Yeah. That's my, not what happened my, to you. Barbecue didn't do this. My cholesterol is is perfect. Yeah. I mean. So, so let me let me just tell you an, an aside, okay? Everybody now thinks because of fake medical news and the Democrats that if you're sick, it's your fault. Now, Steve from Apex, you're you had the Widowmaker, and you had one problem in your life: you didn't pick the right parents. Okay, if you had picked a different set of parents. You wouldn't have had heart disease, and obviously you can't pick your parents, but it's well, genetic. Had, your problem is had, genetic. So let's get this Widowmaker fixed and then go on with your life and, you know, whatever your cholesterol level is, get it down lower. Now, are they going to do bypass on you? Is that what they're going to do? You know, and I have Crohn's disease. Okay. And I have... Yeah, well, that's another that reason. That's another that reason why you have it. Matters. Yeah, chronic and inflammation. Then, yeah, and it, I mean, it is tearing me up. I have pancreatitis, you know? Pancreatitis? Um, yeah. Yeah. And and so basically, it, they say, when they look at me, they say, you know, you're in horrible shape and this, that, and the other. Yeah. No, no. No, I'm not. Well, it sounds like. I'm not going to believe that. Well, have they offered you to get a bypass on this Widowmaker? They're saying that it is too risky for a bypass, it's, too, huh? Yeah, they're they're saying it's just too risky. Okay, well, again, I'm not your doctor, and I don't know the situation, well, but right there now, is a way now to do um, a bypass for a single blockage, the widowmaker, and that's to take the artery off your chest called the internal mammary. They can do that through yeah. a keyhole, a little tiny hole in the chest without slicing you. The danger in open heart surgery is they gotta cut your whole chest open, stop your heart, put you on a heart-lung machine, and then sew it. Well, I've had several patients, and again, I'm not telling you that this is what you should do. I'm just saying somebody in a similar situation, a patient of mine, had the keyhole done, they took down the artery, they slowed the heart down so it wasn't beating very fast, Mm -hmm. and they sewed it through this keyhole. Closed up the keyhole, and the guy's doing good. So um, you might want to ask your doctor if you are a candidate to have this minimally invasive surgery. The reason probably why they can't do this stent is it's right in what we call the ostia. The ostia is, is, yeah, exactly. is a term for the exactly mouth. So yeah. it looks like it's coming right where the artery hits the main artery. Now, the other thing you need to know okay, is that you can do those stents. Um, they're more risky, but I've had plenty of people have them done. Again, I'm not telling you that you should, but here's one thing that I think everybody should do if you're stuck in a situation like Steve's, and that's get a second opinion. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, Steve, I mean, I, I, don't come to me. I don't want you to think that I'm recruiting you as a patient. So I'm going to say right now, you have, there are plenty of other good doctors in this area um, and get a second opinion. Okay, I mean, because there's no reason for you to walk. The reason why they call it a widowmaker is when you have it, you're at a higher risk to become, uh, to make your wife a widow. Because where that blockage is, if it closes down, if a clot forms on it, there's so much of the heart muscle that's at risk because you drop dead. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'm not saying you will. But here's the thing. You can stent a widowmaker if it's you know, at all necessary. And you can do minimally invasive bypass surgery for a widowmaker. Now, I don't know your situation. I haven't seen your films. Well, but, what they did, what yeah. they did is, is they did a... Uh, you know, they went through my my groin, uh-huh. a, a catheter, a uh-huh. heart catheter that way, and checked it all out. And you know, and they they were ready to go. And um, and then, and that's why I yeah I, I question all this. Well, I, let me tell you, okay, I don't know the whole situation, but I do know there are potential alternatives available for you, and because. You know, there's a question in your mind, even if there wasn't a question in your mind. I'm a firm believer in second opinions. Now, don't hesitate. Don't think, oh, I'm going to hurt the doctor's feelings. So what? Yeah. And if the doctor's upset because you're getting a second opinion, it's time to get a new doctor anyway. Because whenever a patient asks me for a second opinion, I say, great, let's do it. Because a good doctor is not afraid of a second opinion. And and yeah, don't they are so yeah very nice and insurances yeah. will insurance will pay for a second opinion. Don't worry about that. Great insurance because I'm federal. Yeah, good I'm for you. Commercial. Good for so you, I'm, Steve. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, take care, Jack and Carrie. Jack, thank you very much for holding on. Oh yeah, thanks, doctors. How are you? I'm much better now. Uh-oh. Uh oh, sounds like <laughs> something happened to you. Uh-oh. Well, I was bad for a few weeks. And then had a scotoma, according to my eye doctor. And I made an appointment to go get my blood pressure checked out because it was way high. Uh oh, what's the number? And you got a number? Yeah. Uh oh. 180 you'll... over 110. What was that? 180 over 110. Oh boy, you are high. And I don't well, mean you've been you've been wow. smoking weed. You're you you're high. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, went in and saw the doctor. He said essentially the same thing. Yeah. Dude, you're on the way to a heart attack or a stroke. Well, I wouldn't put it like that. Okay. The bottom line is you can do a lot to get that down. Well, uh, I'll say that over the past several months, it's been very high stress. You know, mm-hmm. all the usual life stuff, work stuff. Just everything like that, and honestly, a lack of exercise. Mm-hmm. So he put me on a Darby core, and that's that's worked great. You want to know point. something? That's one, of, over seven. that's one of my favorite medicines. It's a great medicine. But one thing I noticed is just every now and then, uh, my blood pressure will drop. Usually it's sit down for, say, 30 minutes, watch some TV. I know I'm getting tired, and I'm like, What's going on here? 
and it's dropped to like 75 over okay. 50. That's not good either. So discuss that with your doctor. The bottom line is now that you're aware of your blood pressure, you're probably eating less salt. Hopefully, you know, you're not watching TV all the time. And so what may happen is that you may need to reduce that dose. I mean, 180 over 110 is bad, but dropping to 70 on top systolic is also not good for you. Number one, you might get off that couch potato business and pass out. Mm-hmm. And then you'll hit the TV, and not only will you ruin your new HDTV, 4K TV, you ruin your, your noggin. So it's real important. Go, go back to see your doctor pretty quick and say, look, every now and then it's falling. Now, he needs to do some. He or she needs to do a procedure called an uh, orthostatic check. So check your blood pressure sitting and then check it standing and then check it walking. Because one of the things, Edarbiclor is such an effective medication. Uh, it's called an angiotensin receptor blocker. It makes the arteries not uh, constrict as much. It is so effective that it could be now that you're getting better in terms of your lifestyle, too much of a dose. So go see your doctor, tell him or her what's going on with the drop in your blood pressure and have them make an adjustment if necessary. I will certainly do that starting tomorrow. Well, I'm glad they're open on Sunday. Uh, I mean, my- <laughs> <laughs> listen, it's funny. I've had to open on Sundays sometimes because I've been so backed up. Yeah. All right, Jack. Thank you. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate right. it. We have time or Yeah. Commercial? Did you hear? I just want to – we caught this and you didn't catch it. What's that? Uh, Jack called – he said, uh, hello, doctors. Oh, well, um, I, I consider you you're – a, you're a doctor uh, of healthology. Really? R- radio healthology? Radio healthology. Yeah, very good. All right. I didn't go to medical school. Don't take my medical advice ever. But. All right, let's talk about the public enema number one, <laughs> Katy Perry. Oh, no. Public enema number one. I love that. I love that. She is an entertainer. She's entitled to her opinion, but she's telling people that now she's taking... An enema every day. Yeah. An enema a day keeps your boyfriend away, Katie. I, no, I... I well, so let me tell you something. Well, enemas enemas are for one purpose. Okay. okay. Yeah. And that's if you're blocked up and you can't go. An enema was really good. Now, what's an enema? In case nobody, somebody out there doesn't know. An enema is when you instill a liquid through the rectum, into through your anus, into your rectum in the lower part of your colon. Yeah. And what that does, uh, it usually causes the colon to evacuate or expel the stool that's not getting out. Now, you know what the best enema is? It's called a black cow, okay? It's milk and molasses. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my God, we used to do that at Hopkins all the time. Now this guy's plugged, give him a black cow. And it is an enema, it's not milk something that you and drink. molasses. Okay. Now there's something called a fleet enema, yeah. and that is phos- phosphoric acid. Yeah. Okay? And that works um, very well. You don't want to take a fleet enema if you have kidney failure, because okay. your phosphorus will go sky high. Okay? So there are many enemas, so saline enema, you know, all sorts of things. Soap suds. Soap suds work very well. Now but what is she why? doing? Yeah. 
um, she is attempting to cleanse her body of poisons. Yes. So that she can, you know, dance around and be happy okay. and be Katy Perry. You don't need to do this. And it's potentially dangerous. If you were to, for example, squirt that stuff in there. And I don't know. You know did you know what she's putting up there? I didn't read the whole Some story. Some people put coffee up their butt. That's coffee not right. Animals. It's a waste of good coffee. <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's brown, I guess. It's weird. <sighs> but you don't need to do that. You can damage your colon. Sure. Um, you can do all sorts of crazy things. Now, she claims that after she gives herself an enema, she yeah. feels so good. Well, the reason <laughs> is, okay, your yeah. anus and your rectum um, are one of the most um, innervated um, parts of your body. Yeah. So by stretching that and you know moving it around, I guess she's getting her jollies. But don't do this at home. An enema is only when you can't poop. Don't do it every day because you think it's going to make you healthy. All right. Um, she, I mean, she really is nuts. It's crazy. Okay. How about the people who uh, buy products with the word cleanse in it? Well, okay. Thinking so, that they're carrying around what 25 pounds yeah. of extra something. You have a, yeah, I mean, you have five, six pounds in your gut. Okay. I mean, that's normal. All right. It is not a bad idea maybe once a month yeah. to do a quote-unquote cleanse. Okay. As long as it's safe. Now, what are the safe cleanses? All these things that are on the market are really the same thing. They're called osmotic agents. All they do is pull water into your colon. So your stomach puts acid to break down protein and things. The small intestine, which is 22 feet, connected to the stomach, absorbs the nutrients. The colon does one thing and one thing only. Yes. It adjusts the amount of water in your stool. Okay. So if you have what's called an osmotic agent, and that's what's in all these fancy cleanses, and what it does, it just takes, it gets rid of everything. It's sort of like what they do when you need a colonoscopy. Yeah. Get rid of everything that's in there. Now, do you feel better? For a while, there are things called octrionones, which are these weird, you know, poisons. The reason why you go to the bathroom, you have a defecation, is to get rid of the poison. I mean, obviously what stool is, is the stuff your body doesn't want, doesn't need. So that's good. And bowel health is important. But don't do this cleanse like every other day. You need a balance. You need need that that natural process of breaking down your food into nutrients and getting rid of the waste. And all these people who, you know, are, are just, I can't imagine what their bathroom smells like. Yeah. You know? I mean, renews it. I think Thank Katy you, yeah. Perry should be a spokesperson for Renews It, you know, All right. or Glade. I, Glade, I right. use an enema every day, and the only thing that saves my family from, <laughs> from gagging is Glade. Is Glade. Yes. All right. Very good. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Well, really. Are we going to get in trouble from the FCC? No, no, no. The best part of this conversation is we have a qualified medical expert in the studio and having had this conversation, we don't have to have it again for a while. Uh, I guess not. We just, we're not going to say, right. Unless Katy Perry calls. Unless Katy Perry calls. <laughs> and if she does, it would be 919-860-9783. Katy, call us. Heart health. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down. 
I've got a great shout out. I have a good friend in Rocky Mount, Shannon. And the shout out is that her headache of three days, her splitting migraine, yeah. is over. Yeah. Yeah. She great. told me this morning. Now, this brings us to something I recommended that she talked to her doctor, and that's this new migraine medicine. It's called Amovig or Amavig. Yeah. C. Um, calcitonin gene-related peptide appears to be a protein floating around in your bloodstream that is related to the migraine. So these very smart people created a monoclonal antibody. It's just a protein that binds up the calcitonin gene-related peptide. For some people, it eliminated their migraines completely. But for many, it reduced like from five to two or yeah. from 10 to three. So I recommend anybody with chronic migraines like Shannon from Rocky Mount to go and talk to the doctor and ask him or her if they're a candidate for this medicine. The problem, yeah, it's not covered by every insurance company, although yeah. it should be. It's $6,900 a year cash pay. Now, another new part of the show, we have somebody who's been emailing me and wants to be an intern. Um, her name is Madeline Amato. She's a college student. She wants to be a physician's assistant, which yes. is great. Yes. So she sent in an, a really great article about the mistakes that men make in terms of endangering their health. And it's kind of like what I talked about before, and Madeline pointed out that you can fool yourself and if you don't fool yourself with exercise, you need to exercise. Yeah. And if you fool yourself that you're doing enough, you're not. If you're not walking for 35, 40 minutes, four times a week. Now, the other thing that, that men do is they skip preventive care. Okay, they think, I don't need this. I don't need my colonoscopy. I don't yeah. need to have my blood pressure checked. Yeah. Get to your doctor because they're going to, if they're good doctors, they're going to ask you those questions about what you're doing for preventive care. The second thing is, or the third thing they do, is they don't believe that they're old enough to have a heart attack. Like I said, I've had people in their 20s have heart attacks. And, you know, our caller earlier, yeah. cholesterol was normal, they're thin, they don't have diabetes, they don't right. smoke. Right. They pick the wrong parents, they have a genetic history. So the bottom line is, pay attention to your heart, pay attention to your heart symptoms. What's the fourth thing they do is they self-medicate. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen somebody or heard about somebody who's dropped dead of a heart attack clutching a bottle of Maalox? Don't self-medicate and don't self-diagnose. But people also self-medicate for mental health issues. Well, I do it. In a major way. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, people overcompensate with alcohol. Well, I I think alcohol, but you know what? This opioid crisis, it's it's clearly self-medication for anxiety. These people have a brain problem. And we love them, uh, you know, addicts deserve love, yeah. but they're self-medicating. And what we need is a better mental health system. Now, Madeline also points out something that's very important. Men think that erectile dysfunction is, is in their head, that it's an emotional problem. The key thing is if you're young and you develop erectile dysfunction, that's a sign that you could be at risk for heart disease. Because in young people, people who smoke, people have high cholesterol. Erectile dysfunction is usually a problem with blood flow into the male organ. So if you have erectile dysfunction, go see a doctor because you could be at risk for a heart attack. But if you wake up one morning and some system in your body doesn't work the way it did yesterday or two years ago, 
you should see somebody, yep. right? And Madeline, the last thing Madeline wants to point out, yeah. Madeline Amato, our new intern, is <laughs> you, men believe you can't do anything about health problems that run in your family. So I've talked about this, our caller earlier. Yeah. A family history of heart disease. You can do something about it. You know, if you smoke, you can quit. Mm-hmm. If you're a couch potato, you can, you know, start walking. If you, you know, aren't paying attention to your diet, you can do that. So you may be able to cut back the the sands of time. Now we're gonna try to get Madeline on the show. Yeah, She's yeah. kinda nervous. She's gonna be our intern, know. she's gonna be on the well, radio. We want we want um, input, and she's got great input. Do you think that in a minute and a half we can talk to Marie Absolutely. about robotic surgery? Hi, yes. Marie. Hey. What's up? Yeah, we got to be very efficient I with know. our time. I know. Hey, Marie. Good to hear your voice again. I just had to call my favorite doctor. But well, my favorite patient. I don't think we're going to have time to get into this. I just wanted to know how you feel about robotic surgery. Okay. Now, this is real important. When you talk about robotic surgery, a robot is not performing your surgery. It's not the, what was the name of that robot on Lost in Space? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, anyway. I'll think of it. Okay, it's it's more of remote control surgery. Okay, yeah. because what, the guy is still there. Pay no attention to that man in the corner. Well, you better. He's operating That's levers? That's the surgery. No, he's got these magic gloves. Yeah. And, and, they're, and so what he's doing is looking at a camera that is on the end of a tube that is stuck in your belly or your chest or wherever, or and and he's manipulating the tools through these gloves on his hands. Right. So it's it's remote control. Now I don't know if it's good. There are some people who swear by it, but I have no idea whether I would have a robot work on me. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a robot. It's remote controlled surgery. Now, there are people saying, well, this is great because somebody in New York can operate on somebody in Timbuktu yeah. through the internet. No, they'll now, all come be doing on. it. I'll be doing it from India. Yes. Now, the yes, other, the other point bad. I'm trying to make is if you've got a good surgeon who doesn't do a robot, who does surgery quite well, don't skip out on him because you want to go see a robot. We'll see you next week. Saturday at 4 on WPTF Heart Health. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.